following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Oh man, dude the 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 quarantine, the the Rona, it's getting to me, man. I I go to start the damn show. I hit record. I hit the button to play the intro music, and I got nothing. I'm so confused for like five seconds until I realize that I don't have the sound on. Perfect. Well, at least, at least you're not like my co-host because that would have ruined the rest of his show. And he would never have been able to recover from that. So, props to you for figure, figuring that out in short order. Then, lucky, lucky, I guess, because I, you know, it's just one of those things where I nobody needs any problems right now. You were telling me your kids are driving you nuts before we went on the air. Like, just this is supposed to be fun for us. I don't need any hiccups. I just want to, I just want to laugh with you for an hour and shoot the shit. Yep, that's why we're here, and that's hopefully. What people can get out of it as well is a little bit of escape to find any little nugget of sports information that we can possibly get our hands on and then, you know, overblow it as much as possible. So as we've been starting, this is week, this is episode four of our sports hiatus due to the coronavirus. Um, right. As we've kind of been starting off each of these shows, um, just kind of going down what our, our, week has been like um i mean uh, other than kind of the monotony of of having your family around you climbing on you constantly i know you guys are going out and doing some stuff hiking and and trying to keep the kids busy but um what else i mean movies games shows are you getting in anything what's what's been going on well the good news is i'm exercising more than i probably ever have i've installed some kickstands on our bike um, for three out of the four in the family. The bad news is I went to Walmart for it, so I'm probably going to come down with this thing in the next two weeks. If not that, um, something else. Um, but, yeah, and doing our best to not go broke during it, which is, is nice, but I still am gainfully employed and getting my full earnings despite not really working that much, but we just got a, a people from speakers in town here because uh, I saw something on Facebook that I liked it that they are going to keep the purchase today. They are going to be donating one to first responders, uh, people working at grocery stores, you know, people that are still out and about doing the things to keep us moving what little we are. And when I went up, to the drive-through there, I asked, you know, you guys hanging in. They had 150 pizza orders today alone. With wow, for a, a locally owned place from 10 a.m. to five when I picked it up, that seems like a monstrous amount. Yeah, that does. That does. Well, that's cool though. You oh. know, I mean, I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've, um, I have not. I, I mean, I usually eat out a couple times a week. Um, you know, just because cooking at home for one's kind of a pain in the butt, but 
you know, with with this whole thing going going down, I I have kind of not kind of I haven't eaten out really at all except for patronizing a couple of local establishments. I I hit up Charlie's for a fish. Um, the other night we did uh, my apartment. My old neighbor Chuck Reynolds gave him a little business, and then uh, also over at Italian House with Edmund. So it's cool. It's kind of nice to not really even think about going to a fast food type place and just kind of thinking about Mm -hmm. these local guys and um, you know keeping keeping them going and keeping their lights on. So when all this returns, you know they they can get back to normal because those are the guys that that need it. And certainly, you know the guy that owns the local Wendy's. Um, you know, he's going to be fine. It's, it's these small business guys that you got to take care of. Yeah. I'm not worried so much about the chains. I mean, we did, uh, this um, just cause I know Brian, who's been one of the partners for radio station that I've worked for the last, you know, seven, eight, nine, like 10 years, um, at different places I've gotten to know him. Um, we're probably going to do partially for this on Friday this week. And we're just, you know, we're just trying, we're trying not to go broke doing it, but we want to at least show our support. As far as the other stuff, um, for a little nerd stuff, I did buy a Nintendo 64 game controller with a USB jack and plug it into my computer, and I downloaded a bunch of games and a playing program. So I have been basically stuck to my computer playing um, 007, uh, GoldenEye, uh, there's been a little bit of uh, WrestleMania 2000, some Star Fox, uh, World Not Enough, Mario Kart, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, for playing the old regular 8-bit Nintendo and Super NES, I think Dane probably is not a fan of uh, the the added uh, games that I've found a way to get onto my laptop that's pretty sweet have you have, do, do your kids yeah. uh do they play at all i mean are they interested in in any of those older games or do you have anything that newer that they play or my daughter actually loves punch out okay and that's a good one yeah and she has actually been playing um a little bit in fact it took her about three times to kind of get the hang of it she still can't do the um Successive uppercut or blows to the belly. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just kind of she's kind of pushing buttons. So you know, she'll hit him once one way and then hit him once another way, and and he'll block it. But she can beat Glass Joe every time. She has a little problem with the second guy, Von Kaiser. Uh, Von Kaiser. Yeah, you gotta yeah, hit it. You gotta I hit think, him in the gut. You get those stars. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't <laughs> figured out kind of the way every guy has a pattern. Right. His weaknesses. Right. So I mean her. You know her her brain isn't there yet, but she did beat Piston Honda as well. Wow! And and get the belt without any help from Dad. This was over the course of probably like ten different times. So she she likes to play Punch Out. So um, you know, proud proud Papa moment when she can get through the uh, the minor circuit all on her own. Awesome! That's cool. That's very cool. What are you doing? Well, um, I, I've been continuing uh, here and there a little college football, and I was going to ask you if you know this. Is there like a how a certain amount of years you can do a dynasty? Do you know? Is it like sixty? Is it sixty? Okay, okay. 60. I, I'm 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 pretty close to halfway. So at least at least on the addition that because you you play a few years down the road, and I mean I go back to geez, I don't even know if it. Oh six, oh five, something like that. The one with Reggie Bush on the cover, I think. Okay. Um, 
that that's the one that I like to play. And uh, I've only run through 60 years probably five or six times. But they, they make you retire at the age of at, at 60 years coaching. I don't think I've ever done that before. So I'm, that's, that's, a, that's a goal. That's a Corona goal here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, I've, I've found myself watching quite a few old games this week. Um, at least bits and pieces of a lot of college stuff that was on over the weekend. Um, I had a birthday last week, um, which was happy happy belated. Thank you. Um, you know, which kind of, I mean, at at this point, who cares? I mean, I I really don't care, but it was just kind of like, I can't do anything even if I want to. Right, but it's different when you don't want to celebrate it as opposed to you can't celebrate it. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, Sunday morning, I uh, released the bracket, the uh, the final four, ultimate final four bracket. Uh, I released that to the masses on Facebook. Got uh, a lot of good responses, a lot of of interest, it seems like. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, people, uh, you know, fill these things out and get them back to me. Um, you know, in one way, shape, or form, you can send them to me uh, through an email, uh, danhawks10 at gmail. Um, if you need me to email it to you, I can do that. Uh, but we'd like to get a bunch of responses, and then, you know, over the next couple of weeks, kind of go through it, um, maybe round by round if we get enough, um, and just kind of kind of see like where the consensus is kind of see w- w- what everybody was thinking um you know more for probably my own curiosity than anything but one of the comments <laughs> that we got in there uh Tyg Sazinski had asked me if there was any way to run simulations on these which i'm sure right. there are which is way beyond my capability to to do that but i had responded that i might be able to run a couple on coach K95 on my Sega and uh, I, I followed through on that. I did play a couple of games last night, which which was a lot of fun, which then led me <clears throat> into another game that I had for Sega. It's called College Slam. It's the college okay. college version of NBA Jam. So uh, it was kind of funny to really? go. Yeah, I, it was funny. I, I played with the Badgers, and when I clicked on the roster – I had created oh my I had created my own guy, so it was my starting five from high school. <laughs> that's how long ago since I had played that thing. Um, and, and then, it was, and then there, it was wow. still saved on there. And then to top off the night, I played like three games of Bill Walsh football, which is just still maybe the greatest oh game God. ever. So yeah, that's wow. that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like the typical sports guy that doesn't have any sports to watch or take in. But no, whatever, it sucks. Yep. All right, man. Well, lead us off. You you got the rundown. Let's we'll we'll go we'll go back to our roots. You 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 be the host. I'll be the co-host. Oh, great. Well, um, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of a a sad day. I mean, every every day without sports is sad. I thought last week about how the Brewers would be on their first road trip uh, against uh, against the Phillies uh, after they played the Cubs and the Cardinals at home, and then another kind of a sports milestone, I guess you could say. This was supposed to be National Championship Monday for the NCAA tournament. And, I, I mean, I don't know. It feels like the first and the second weekend, people were kind of talking about it, and this would have been this, and, you know, whatever. It didn't – and then it seemed to kind of wear off, and people were kind of resigned to the fact that, yeah, we don't have it, and this sucks, but I haven't 
haven't really heard much about it after. I mean, the first weekend was was pretty painful for some people. I felt the second weekend was yeah, we kind of missed this, but this weekend it was just kind of like eh, whatever. Yeah, it, I, a little weird, but I guess not at the same time. I mean, I think so many people that get into March Madness, it's just a seasonal thing for them. It's it's like you know, it's like the the person that watches the Masters in April. You know, they might not watch a lot of golf, mm-hmm. but they know the Masters is the big deal. Um, I think the the fact that a lot of these networks have been playing a lot of old games has satisfied some of the appetite for that. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It, 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 you're right. It has kind of died down over the weeks. I, I think it's pro- it's probably just a little bit of the nationwide depression of you know, like you said, you're just resigned to the fact that it's there's going to be no March Madness this year. Did you go and take that that bracket from Lenardi, his final one, or I know there was some other uh, entity for sports put one out. I don't know if it was the same one. Have you looked at either of those or anything that's floating out there to see what things were and then kind of simulate your own predictions and see who would go out and win or did you just kind of, since we're not playing, I'm just going to forget it and not put in the energy? Yeah, I didn't really go back and look at any of those um, because those guys are, it's it's kind of their best guesses. Um and, and Lunardi, especially over the last couple of years that I've noticed, like he gets the teams right. He doesn't really get the seeds right. Like he'll get the higher seeds sure. right. But once you get kind of the middle of the pack, he's kind of all over the place. Um, I, I know they ran some actual simulations, and um, I think in one of them, like the Badgers came out as the champion, and it's just like, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like it, it, that's basically right. the equivalent of my bracket that I put out. <clears throat> You know, it's like, okay, whatever. That's cool. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. who cares? So that's, All yeah. Right. Unfortunately, um, that's that's kind of been the mindset here. Okay. Well, let's start with the NBA because there's, that's kind of been the league that outside of the NFL with the talk of the draft that has kind of put out the most uh, news and just the fact that there's a, a video game tournament going on. They're talking about playing a horse like the uh, like the playground game, which we all used to play in in our driveways growing up, um, and then there's now possibly as well a a drop dead date of when things can come back because I know I know Cuban talked about you know we're looking forward to being home back at this time and getting this going at this particular time, and now he's backed off and has said I don't know what's going on and when anything is going to happen. So. Doesn't seem like anybody kind of has. And then I read going into the weekend that the Bucks are saying that guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton don't even have access to a hoop, which, you know, and I get it, you're living in Milwaukee, which is a, you know, a major metro area. That to me is unfathomable because we all grew up with basketball hoops in our driveways. And the, the one thing that you could do if you were forced to be stuck at home without a ride or, nobody to hang out with. You can always go outside and shoot, and these are NBA players that don't have that uh, available to them, which is, it just seems ridiculous, even though I totally get it. Yeah, it's because these guys all live in, like, condos and high-rises downtown, you know? They don't have yard... I mean, like, I think especially these NBA guys, uh, especially the younger ones, they don't... 
invest in in buying a home. Like baseball players, a lot of them seem to buy homes um, and have yards. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but yeah, for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the thing with this horse competition. Like I saw Steph Curry doesn't have a, a hoop in his. He doesn't have an indoor hoop. He has an outdoor hoop. Because it was talking about if they're going to have this horse competition, it's going to be like Steph Curry's at his house and LeBron's at his house. So, right. like, if LeBron's inside on his million dollar court and Steph's outside and it's windy out, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, or, like, or, or LeBron can't bank one off two different walls that Steph Curry doesn't have. One. Yeah, right, exactly. You can't. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I give the NBA credit that you know they're trying to do something. Um, you know, they had a they had that NBA 2K tournament with with some NBA players um, playing over the weekend. I know Kevin Durant. I saw he was on. I don't know. I think it was on ESPN or ESPN two or something. Um, so I mean, they're trying to do stuff, but everybody that I'm I'm watching and listening that is pretty plugged in. Um, you know, guys like Bill Simmons, Brian Windhorst. Um, they're really pessimistic that we're going to get any resumption of basketball. I mean, I, I think in order to not jeopardize next season, I think they have to be playing probably by the 4th of July, which means you've probably got to decide that by about June 1. You know, they're going to have to give themselves a month logistically to get everything back in order you got you know you got the travel you've got to get all the game personnel you got to get the tv networks you got to make sure wherever they're going to play is available um it just seems like it's probably not going to be able to happen uh you know i've i've heard some i just i i guess i don't i'm not in the camp that play it at all costs, even gimmicks included? Because I've heard some things like, well, maybe they just take the top four teams in each conference or the top six teams, or maybe it's, you know, whatever, something like that. Or maybe I heard one thing that just said, let the Bucks and Lakers play in the finals. And it's like, no, no, I would just assume they canceled it. I, I don't, I don't need it that badly where I would want it to kind of be looked at down the road as kind of like, why did they do that? That's stupid. You know what I mean? It seems like the national news now has almost because they have kind of gone to a packing order. I mean, baseball seems to be the forgotten um, one and all this because they just started and, and the season is so long. They've got plenty of time to figure it out. Right. Basketball, you were coming in in the last couple of weeks. You're looking at the playoffs. But everybody is, is all hyped about, well, what are we going to do about football? Football's got to happen. We have to start on time for college. We can't disrupt the NFL. We have stadiums in Vegas and Los Angeles that need to play. I mean, what, what are we going to do if we can't have – I mean, when you've got Trump calling the different owners over the weekend to talk about football, it, it seems like everybody's just, oh, okay, well, yeah, if the NBA comes back, fine. Baseball, we got time to figure that out. But we need to get a plan in place about football. And that, I mean, that's great for me, who's a big football fan, but it's like, well, we need to figure out what what to get all these other sports, you know, back and and get it going too. Don't just worry about a couple of months down the line. Well, you know what that tells you that if you didn't already know, NFL has the richest owners. Well, yeah, I mean, and they have the biggest television contract. I mean, that's you know, people don't want to hear that, but that's the fact. I mean, 
Um, reality. It's reality, and that's why baseball has been put on the back burner because they don't have a major uh, national television contract like those other sports. They make all their money regionally on things like Fox Sports Wisconsin. I mean, that's at the end of the day, whether people want to believe it or not, that's what it boils down to is money. Even even in the middle of a pandemic, football is king, and football's got to come before everything else. It's it's I don't know. It's a weird thing. There's no question about it. But I, I don't know. The, if you, I mean, you, you listen to the basketball media, and they are pretty pessimistic, but if you listen to the media in general right now, it's all doom and gloom anyway. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, on one hand, I respect these guys because they're plugged in, and they do know these conversations that are happening in the league office, but I don't know. I, I I guess they'd rather be pessimistic and be wrong than say, oh yeah, it's coming back and be wrong. I, I you know I don't know. Well, and it's it's I thought it was it was funny because somebody demand you know well, we got to figure this out and, and we got to figure out a start date for it. You can't you you can't apply logic and reason to something that's unpredictable. Like you need to get a plan in place once kind of the health professionals, the medical experts gives you a reasonable timeline, and unfortunately, that's not the way that this works. So, you know, you can plan and want and wish and do all that. It really doesn't matter if things don't improve. So, to me, I'd rather not get false hope than, you know, set everything up and then have it not happen. I mean, short of a vaccine or, like, like immediate mass testing and immediate results of everybody that walks into an arena or a stadium. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how you're playing anything. And, and I know football's a long ways away, but like are, are people, you know, on a Badger Saturday, if they have a game, you're still going to have a shitload of people that are going to go to the game. But yeah. those, those places that typically sell out, are they still going to sell out? Do those people put their that are afraid of the big crowds, or they just put their tickets on a secondary market, and then those tickets get bought up by the people that don't give a shit? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I I think if if football moves forward as they are planning and having their seasons, which even though it is six months away, that ain't that long. Um, I don't know, man. I, this this whole thing is just we we've said it now for four weeks. This is a giant mess shit show that I don't think I don't think anybody really can wrap their head around at this point. Well, and it's it's interesting because even though you want to get back to some of these sports and you want football to start on time, they've all got to have things happen in a row leading up to that. I mean, you've got off season workouts, you've got you know the draft. The draft is still going on, but the and we'll get to that in a little bit. But the the off season schedule right now, I mean OTAs, that's probably going to be crap. Um, so basically, everybody. I mean, if, even if everything starts on time, you're coming into camp with no off season training other than what you put in at the gym or your your household gym right. and road work and you know all all that other stuff. The baseball draft. You know, still going to go. You've got pitchers' arms that have already gotten loose once. Now they're going to need to loosen up again. And you've got basketball. I don't know. You've been reading the stuff like you said and following the guys. How much prep time are they they going to need before they either start, you 
you know, have a couple of regular season games and then the playoffs, are they going to go right into the playoffs? How much prep time are they going to need to try and, and get back to some semblance of, I, of basketball I think, court, court shape? I think at least two weeks. Um, because those guys can run on the treadmill, ride the bike, run around their neighborhood, whatever. That's not That's not game shape. That's a completely different animal. And now you're asking, you know, especially in his, you know, as much as I'm not a LeBron fan and I, you know, some of the things that he said even around this coronavirus, I've kind of rolled my eyes at. But one thing I do <laughs> respect him about and agree with him on is, like, he's 35. Like, he's basically shut down for a month. And then what? He's at 35, then all of a sudden supposed to just turn around, amp it back up to 100, and then play another, what, two months into the playoffs? Like, that's asking a lot of a guy, of guys that are older and in their age. Uh, And, you know, that's how guys get hurt. I remember in um, 1999 when they had the lockout and uh, Patrick Ewing tore, tore his Achilles, like, because they played like. They played 50 games in, like, 80 days. Or no, they played, 50, yeah, something like that. Like, 50 games in 80 days. They were playing, like, four games in five nights. That's insane. So, like, even if the league does come back with these playoffs, like, the eight-team per conference playoff through the finals is basically, like, 11 weeks. So even if you cut the first round out, you're still talking, like, seven- to eight-week-long playoff run. So, like... How are they going to do these games? Like you, you can't play them back to back. What's that's stupid, right? So I don't know. Just logistically, it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, I know the Democratic convention in in Milwaukee got pushed back, yeah, and that was a, a thought that could be a problem with the Bucks if the if they brought the NBA back and the Bucks made the finals and the convention was going on, that would be a debacle. Um, mm-hmm. So there's. There's a lot of lot of lot of that kind of stuff going on, but I, I let's let's get on it. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about all this depressing stuff. Anymore. No, it's fine. Uh, the 2020 Hall of Fame class came out for hoops, and the trio of headliners is excellent with players. You got a couple of uh, recognizable coaches in there, and then uh, also a guy that that we watch and listen to as far as uh, a media um, award as well. So you want to just kind of go through that list a little bit and touch on each one of the each one of the folks. Yeah, I mean the the basketball Hall of Fame is by far the worst of the three major sports. Um <laughs> I mean they literally let anybody in this thing. Um it because it's the basketball Hall of Fame, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame or even the right. pro basketball Hall of Fame because there's a lot of college and high school people in this Hall of Fame, but um, the three headliners, like you said, you've got Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. Um, that's as good a trio as you'll see go into any Hall of Fame in any sport. I mean, you're talking probably you're two of the ten best players of all time and probably three of the maybe 30 best of all time if you throw KG in there. So that that should be pretty mm-hmm. cool. And, uh, you know, they'll make a big spectacle of it for Kobe, um, which, you know, it's one of those things. It's like it's deserved, but at the same time, it you know, it's like, hey, man, Duncan, it was better than Kobe, or as or as good as Kobe. Like, don't don't take the shine off of Duncan just because Kobe's not there. You know, <laughs> um, Tamika Catchings, one of the great women's players. I think she played at Tennessee in the nineties or uh, early two thousands. I'm sorry. Um, she so she's going in. Kim Mulkey's the Baylor head coach. She's won a couple national titles for the women. 
There was a like a D two women's head coach that's going in. <clears throat> uh, Eddie Sutton, who coached at several schools, but most people probably remember him at Oklahoma State. He was uh, your boy Gottlieb's coach. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, uh, two-time champion-winning coach with the Rockets and also the recipient of the worst punch in NBA history. Uh, yeah. Kermit Washington broke his face. And uh, Rudy T, they thought he was going to die. He tasted spinal fluid. Like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it, it was bad. That, the YouTube, that one, that's a ooh, that's a nasty one. And then, yeah, Will, Mike Wilbon and Mike Breen are both receiving Kurt Gowdy Awards, Wilbon for uh, journalism, Breen for broadcasting. So uh, pretty pretty, uh, pretty heavy class going in in 2020. Um, I'm, you know, who knows if they'll even have the damn thing with the way things right. are going. They usually have it late summer. Um, but at this point, who knows? Uh, you know, if that that's one of those ones, hey, man, if you got to push that back, push it back. Who cares? You know, those no, guys... Those guys deserve to, to get their due. The, yeah, those can be done anytime, and you know what? Most of them are available now because they're not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so for people who are starved for sports, and I, I don't know when the original date of this whole thing was supposed to air, but they moved it up just because there is nothing else, and I think people are so craving and starving for content and I think this can appeal to pretty much everybody because um, even the non-basketball fan like me, I would flip on games when I was growing up because my friends like basketball. I took an interest. And if there was a game that Michael Jordan was playing, I would watch. I would watch basketball just because of Jordan because he was the greatest player that, that I saw. And this documentary series, which is what, like 10 parts? Yeah, 10 parts. So it's coming out in just a couple weeks. And they've, they've moved it up. And I think this will be probably one of the most uh, eaten up things of sports content probably for the entire year. Yeah, it was supposed to come out during the finals, so like mid June, mid okay. mid to late June. But yeah, there when when this whole thing happened, there was a big clamoring for. I I think I think it's on ESPN or ABC, yeah, one of the two. Right. I think they 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 got the rights to it, so there was a big clamoring for them to release it. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's it's basically a documentary uh, about the his last year in Chicago, so the ninety seven ninety eight season, um, and uh, reportedly like NBA films or whatever has had, they've been sitting on this footage for 20 plus years and Jordan really never wanted to get on board with like releasing it or anything. And, and then, you know, for whatever reason in recent years, he's decided to maybe because LeBron's kind of nipping at his heels. He wants everybody to remember, <laughs> remember who he was, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, it's one of those things like, uh, I was talking to a buddy the other day about it, and I said, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how the actual Michael Jordan, the player in real time, comes off to this younger generation. You know, the the uh, the kinder, gentler, don't hurt my feelings generation of young people that love basketball um, and and celebrate a guy like Kobe, who was basically Michael Jordan light. Um, are they going to are they going to turn on MJ 
because he calls Tony Kukoc a stupid foreigner. You know, you know what I mean. Like, I, how how is this going to play? How is Michael Jordan going to come off in this? I'm I'm curious. It's it's really I'll I'll be curious to see, and it kind of brings up a question in my mind because Jordan has never really been one of those guys, to my knowledge. And I guess correct me if I'm wrong. He never really has been a guy who has cared what people thought. It's just kind of like I'm Michael Jordan. Who are you? That that so. To me, for him to be protective of that footage and his image and how he comes off, that that seems kind of counterintuitive to me because I don't, well, if you don't care because that's how you are and that's how you play it and that's how you act, then what's the problem with putting it on display? Or do you not want the people who still believe you to be, you know, just this on-court god, they don't you don't want them to see you as that as that ultra competitive dickish kind of dude um because then that kind of ruins the whole fairy tale fantasy image and how you prop this guy up i don't know well you know i mean he is the original athlete brand like no but he he's the originator i mean there there were you know there was tennis players that before him that had their own tennis shoe and stuff, but like nobody, Mm -hmm. no athlete had ever had a brand built around him the way Jordan did. And I, you know, frankly, I think ever since then, he's really protected the brand more than anything. I I think Michael Jordan, the guy I think is a pretty private person. You know, he's not, Mm -hmm. he's never been out and about. I've heard a lot of things that he very much disliked the amount of fame that came with all of his success. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it's like the, his his distorted famous quote of, uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats both buy shoes, you know, when asked why he didn't take a stand on some social issue. At the end of the day, he was protecting Nike and the Air Jordan brand that he then turned into the Jordan brand and now is the Charlotte Hornets who he owns. So, yeah, I don't think he probably wanted anything coming off that's going to make him look bad. Um, you know, but people of our generation that grew up watching this, like, we already know that stuff. Like, right. we, we know he was a bastard to play with. We know that he, he gambled and went to casinos. Um, we know that he smoked cigars before games. Like, that that that's kind of like that Babe Ruth mystique with Jordan to me. You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. look at any of that as in a negative way. That's just kind of part of the, of his his whole story that like, yeah, Michael Jordan was an asshole, but you know what? Two of his greatest plays ever is him passing the ball to these guys that he allegedly belittled and screamed at all the time. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think, I think (laughs) another couple things that are going to be interesting to see how they come off. I think people are going to be very surprised uh, that are young and some, some that even watched him play growing up. Maybe not surprised, but reminded how good Tony Kukoc was. I mean, everybody knows about Jordan and Pip and how great they were. We've all seen the highlights, but Tony Kukoc was the best non-American player in the world, basically all of the 1990s. And when the Bulls got him um, and added him to Pippen and Jordan, you know, when Jordan came back off of his his hiatus, you know, he Kukoc was coming off the bench. For that team, um, 
he was kind of ahead of his time. He was he was a six foot ten guy. He shot threes. He handled the ball. He was kind of if he was coming out the draft today, he would definitely be the number one overall pick. No question about it. I mean, he was he was an unbelievable player. I, I remember his last couple years, he was on the Bucks, and he was kind of washed up, but he would still pull it out once in a while and drop some dimes and hit some threes. But um, Kukoc was was fun, and then of course Rodman. I mean, I I think that that's one of those. He he's kind of like one of those dudes. Like he's almost like Bo, in a way where like he kind of had to live through it. You know what I mean? Like you could tell somebody that's fifteen all about Dennis Rodman, but for those of us <laughs> that watched him through the nineties and all, you know, coloring the hair, wearing the wedding dress to yep. the book signing, marrying Carmen Electra, dating Madonna, just you know, he, in the finals he's staying out all night. And then showing up for the game and having and guarding Carl Malone for forty minutes and grabbing eighteen rebounds, like that's insane. So I, I think I think those. That I remember. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. If I couldn't, if I couldn't watch the Bulls game, what's one of the things that I would do the next day? Check the box score to see how many rebounds Dennis Rodman had, because that's one thing that I felt was very either overlooked or underappreciated is that that dude was an absolute rebounding machine. Like you said, 18. I mean, I saw some most of the time it was in the mid to upper 20. It could be. Yeah. Rebounds crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think usually in his heyday, he was averaging somewhere between like 17 and 19 a game, which is yeah. just hard. I mean, guys now, like I think Giannis is leading the league this year at like 13. Or he's second in the league at like thirteen, which is a ton. Um, but the game has changed so much; it was so much more physical. There were so many more big people back in the nineties, and for him to just be able to do that—that's unbelievable. But I don't know, man. That was a fun team. I'll be really anxious to see this, and uh, I'm very, very happy that ESPN decided to push it push it ahead. All right, so that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll take that and we'll probably talk about it on the podcast because that's one thing that I actually will watch that's basketball related. But again, like most people, I'm going to be starved for some content. Um, let's move to baseball quick. I know Japan was planning on getting back to baseball. I think they put that off. And in South Korea, um, they're going to be playing with masks on. So, and I know some of these games were planning on being broadcast over here just people to be able to watch something because I mean there's well, there's a there might be a few recognizable names of them. Yeah, there like could be baseball, you know. I bet that but, I bet that Lindblom guy on the Brewers wishes he hadn't come back. He could still be playing. Right. <laughs> right. So um I saw I, I saw that, a video of uh, <laughs> I saw a video of something from that league today or yesterday and it was like the first baseman is standing there with a mask on, holding the runner on, who's also got a mask on, and I'm just like, "Come on, really? We're doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what the hell does the mask do if you take your mask off, like, to go to the bathroom, and then you come out and throw a pitch, and then the the guy hits it to the left fielder, and then he throw, like everybody's touching the ball. Like, I don't get it. What's the point? There's, no, there's there's so much air stuff between locker rooms and equipment that it's you know. It, it looks nice, and it looks like you're trying to do something, but in the end, if if somebody has it, then more people are going to get it. 
For Period. Sure. End of story. I wish I wish everybody would stop giving all these leagues credit. I mean, I, I gave the NBA a little bit of credit for trying to do stuff with this horse game, but like these leagues are only shut down because they have to be. They're not being magnanimous about this and, and really looking out for public safety. Like they're shutting it down because they had to shut it down. Like let's not get right. this twisted. This is if they had their um, if they had their way and it wasn't forced on them by by states you know and and government they would be playing games trust me i mean mm-hmm. there, there's no i mean the nba was talking about playing without fans 2 weeks before they shut it down anyway like if they hadn't been made to shut down they would have kept playing i mean i think i saw today they lost like 270 regular season games already that's a lot not to mention the playoffs yes, so yeah i don't know i mean i these leagues, like South Korea, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get what you're selling of, you know, let's get back to normal, but it seems a little irresponsible to me. Stateside, um, a lot of networks have been trying to replay old games. I know the Brewers Radio Network and Fox Sports Wisconsin have been doing their share in one of the ones that recently from Milwaukee um, that, the, uh, that the local outlets have put on was the uh, Juan Nieves no-hitter mm-hmm. and the 87 Brewers, which apparently that is uh, that's quite special, too. I mean, not only is, is that no-hitter special because it's all that anybody ever talks about because it's the only one in Brewers history. Did you know Bill Schroeder um, caught that game? Are you kidding me? Stop <laughs> it. Never gets brought up. I love, I, love, that, I love Rock, I, though. He's the best. I don't know. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I couldn't tell some people were commenting about it on Twitter and like, oh, I remember this, and that was cool, and Yelp didn't even need to dive and all that stuff, but I couldn't tell if somebody was being sarcastic when they said, I didn't know that Schroeder caught that game. <laughs> it had to be. Either that or they've never watched, they haven't watched a Brewer game in the last 20 years. <laughs> That's what I mean. But so somebody, I, I, somebody I, said I, it to me, and I was like, well, I blame Brian Anderson. He always brings it up. Right. I'm sure Schroeder's probably tired of hearing He's it. probably giving him the stink eye uh, up in the booth, like, again? <laughs> like, really? Uh, well, they got to fill time during the season. I'm sure it's brought up a few times. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of, I was thinking about it when I was watching the game. That was kind of my first, that was my first Brewer team, really. Um, mm-hmm. I think I went to my first game maybe the year before, Um I remember it was against the Orioles. I was it was part of the Pepsi fan club. You could pay like I don't know, whatever the whatever it was back there, or eighty or a hundred bucks, and sure. you got like a Brewer Pepsi hat and you know tickets to like three games or something. And I just thought that was the greatest shit in the world. But eighty seven was kind of the first team that I really started to follow, and they had the thirteen zero start, and they had the uh, the Easter Sunday game where Deer and Swaim hit those big homers to keep the streak going, and then you had the no hitter and. And uh, that that was kind of the oh, and then you had the um, the legendary Magic Miracles and True Believers VHS tape that came out after the season, which I myself and Joe Robinson we were laughing about it the other day. We like became friends like in 1988, so that's like when we started going to Brewer games together. And his dad had set up an of he had a van like an old school van and he had a tv yeah. oh, with yeah. a he had a tv and a vcr in it so we would watch magic miracles and true believers every time we would go to milwaukee because it was about an hour long i bet we watched <laughs> that thing a thousand times 
So that was well, a, that, that was a good memory. That that's a, I mean that's a cool tradition, and, and to bring up um, in our notes here about baseball cards, oh. and I can remember that that set. It's iconic. I just looked up. Yeah, in an image of it, it's got like the wood paneling background yep. around the edges. It's got the team insignia in the top left. It's got the player on a title bar at the bottom right, and then the the rectangular picture of the player right there. That's the first set, complete set that my dad had bought me from the guy in town, and and I, I, I think this was his name. I think it was Bill Henderson. Yep. Yep, I remember him. He was the dude in town that if you wanted baseball card memorabilia, that's who you went to. I, I never met the guy, but I heard his name thrown around all the time, and I I just kind of started thinking about baseball cards because I talked about it last week on one of my commentaries that, I mean, name me a kid who was a fan of sports that didn't collect baseball cards when they were between a, a, you know, a certain age range. Oh, yeah, no kidding. But, I mean, like, you had Topps, you had Don Ruff, you had Fleer, you had Upper Deck. Um, I'm probably... Score, I'm probably Bowman. Pretty, Bowman, right, exactly. But, and I I mean, I can remember my dad always telling me, you know, Topps has been it, stick with Topps, it's going to be the most valuable. I mean, I don't know any point, because, I mean, I used to ride my bike down to Stop and Go out in Weathering Hills. And, you know, pay whatever, 50 cents for a pack of cards or a quarter or whatever it was to get that horrible gum. Um, but, I mean, I, I got so many cards and binders and stuff in my parents' basement that when this is all over, I kind of want to go look and see what I got and see if anything's worth a couple bucks. No, I hear you, man. It's that 87 series, it has a, it's bond, there's a Bonds rookie, there's a McGuire no. rookie. Uh, I think like Raphael Palmero, there's like a Conseco Tops traded or Tops rookie, uh, rookie winner from the year before card. There's some really good cards in that set. And yeah, that was kind of the same with me. That was really the first year of collecting baseball cards for me. The year before I had started collecting basketball and then I got into baseball. Um, but yeah, I got some of those good ones. I, I, I got a frame up in, uh, in my basement here of uh, a bunch of cards and I've got a couple of those those old 87s in there. I always like tops too. I mean, some of the other ones like Upper Deck and and Donruss and and those they could make a little fancier card and maybe like a glossy card, but I don't know, something about getting a like getting a couple packs of tops with that waxy yep. they had that waxy pack, you know, you opened oh, it up yeah. and like you said yep. that that gum was, you know, harder than a Ginsu knife. <laughs> you, you, and you just, you always hoped that the card on the back wasn't a good player because it always had like the gum stain on it, right? Yeah, but yeah, that that was that was a good year, man. Eighty seven, those that was a good time to to start collecting some cards, no doubt. All right, how are we doing on time? Uh we're at about forty eight. Okay, let's see if we can run through this little bit uh, last before we do a. Uh... A, a, a overrated, underrated, or properly rated, and we'll um, keep the topic here a, a mystery for at least a couple of seconds. Um, the NFL, the draft is coming up. I saw a lot of stuff today is that basically the GMs are going to be on location, whether it's in their house. I saw the Saints are going to be set up at a brewery that's owned by the Benson family. That's where they've, they've been going. 
Um, and it's basically, you better have a good internet connection. That's <laughs> right. what I've, uh, that's what I've said. And, and like people are already starting to take bets on whose internet fails. And they're they started to relive the Viking, um, gap from, uh, from a number of years ago where they let teams pass them by before they pick somebody. Um, so I, I'll be really curious. I don't know how they're going to do that television wise. Um, uh, but again, that's going to be one of those things like, like you had mentioned on last week's podcast that <laughs> we're going to be so starved for anything that you might just get people that don't care about the NFL draft to watch a whole lot of it and consume uh, a whole lot of it. Is that, is that the 23rd? Is that when that starts? That sounds right. So that will be a hell of a week because the Jordan Doc starts that previous Sunday on the nineteenth. So that'll be a that'll be oh, a man. nice little respite from this uh, this drought of sports we've had. We could get a pretty solid week mm-hmm. of stuff going. Yeah, the twenty third to the twenty fifth. Nice, nice. Did you yeah. did you get a chance to uh, to see this all decade team that came out today? This is one of those things, and it's. I, I get it that they – okay, first of all, before I even stop coming, was this previously planned no matter what that they were going to come out with this, or is this something that they did just because there's no sports going on? Um, I would guess it was previously planned because it seems like they do do this every 10 years or so. Um, I mean, this was – the one that I saw was by the uh, – let's see, players who received at least one social pro were eligible – I think this was by the by the Football Writers Association, okay, who put this together. So, um, I mean, there, no real surprises. I didn't think. Um, I guess no. the only guy that was left off that you could maybe make an argument for is Peyton Manning. Um, only played six years in the decade, but like from two thousand, like those four years in Denver, like those first couple were insane. And I couldn't tell because I saw a tweet from him today. Clay Matthews listed his stats for the last decade and how many Pro Bowls and how many sacks and all that stuff. And I, I couldn't tell, I mean, has signed with anybody yet that I know of because I don't know if he was making a pitch for teams to sign him or he was trying to compare his stats that he was left off the team. Probably the latter, if I had to guess, because those guys get salty about that stuff, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think every guy, there's always going to be arguments like that of somebody getting left off, but I don't think there was anybody too egregious. It, it was just kind of interesting. I mean, there was one Packer, you had Rodgers, and yeah. uh, you really had, uh, I think, two Bears. You had Devin Hester and, and Peppers. Um, I, You know, Khalil mm-hmm. Mack, I, he's only been there for two years. He's He's still more of a Raider than a Bear, but... And I know Peppers had a couple years with Green Bay, but the majority of the decade was with with Chicago. So, um, couple, well, couple, just like couple the Pro Bowls, yeah, just just like the Pro Bowls and the All Pros, I always like to take a look at the snubs and see who is more deserving. And NFL.com put out a, an article about. I mean, you only got a couple quarterbacks. Drew Brees, they they listed as the number one snub. Um, AJ Green, Terrell Suggs. Cameron Ooh. Wake, DeMarcus Ware, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Des Bryant, uh, Andrew Whitworth, and Jason Witten are the top ten. And then Andy Reid is in there as well. What about Cutler? So, uh, stop it. <laughs> he, 
Your boy. Sm- but, smoking Jay. None of those, oh, man. None, none of those guys really screamed to me that it was an, it was an egregious penalty leaving them off of that team. Right. No, I, I would agree. I would no. agree. Well, I, um, I, I heard I, I heard a little bit. I heard the tail end of your commentary this morning. Um, oh, yeah. About about WrestleMania. And, uh, you did know. Did you take if, any of it in? I did not. Um, I haven't seen one in at least five years. Um, okay. But, yeah, I mean, you know, let me, you know, take off on what you said this morning because our, our well, not our boy. Every, I think America's boy Gronk ended up walking out with a with a title <laughs> belt. Tell me what the twenty four seven title is. I from, don't even know. From what I understand, I think it's like remember the old hardcore title where like yes. you know, Crash Holly would be walking through the mall with it and Al Snow would just come out of the toy store and, and hit him with a two by four and pin him in the mall. Just right. just so happen to have a referee it just so happen to have Teddy Long yeah. there and his referee get up to count him. Right. Yeah. I think this this twenty four seven belt is kinda like that. I don't know if I don't know that you know, you can get pinned in a grocery store, but I think it's one of those things like maybe maybe it's more apt like the old TV title on on Nitro, or like you have to. It's in play every show, something like that. Okay. Something like All that. Right. So I don't I don't even know who we beat. I don't either. All I just saw was the headline was that he won it. But yeah, I mean, as far as what I talked about this morning, it's, I mean, I never watched really wrestling. I mean, Carol's used to get pay per views. Um, and we'd always invite you and you'd always say no. Um, or maybe you think about it and then you never show up, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we would always gather at his place and it was, it got to be in the later years. I hadn't watched wrestling all year except for one night and I'd have to get background on every one of the wrestlers or the matches because I didn't know who anybody was or you, who was feuding with anybody. And now women have become such a major part of it. You've got separate titles for different shows, so you don't know who's which on which night feuding with who. So, it's, I mean, I didn't even want to take... All I saw was that The Undertaker was still wrestling. And every time they say that's his last match, he always comes back. Now they're saying that last that this past weekend was his last match. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I got... I really fell out of it after college. Um, probably after like, I don't know, from like 04 to 2010, I pretty much didn't watch anything. And then uh, I kind of got back into it when The Rock came back and had that that year-long feud with John Cena. Um, I, went to a, I went to a couple of live shows. I think I went to one in Milwaukee that year. But, yeah, it's, it's probably been a good five years since I've even watched a WrestleMania. Um, I just I I don't have the it's just it can't hold my interest anymore. They kind of screwed themselves nope. back in the '90s where they they went so far that now it's kind of hard for me to go back to like the old gimmicky '80s style. Like I can mm-hmm. I can watch the old '80s style because I I lived through it, but to I don't know like it's just a little too lollipoppy for me right now and. You know, I don't really. I'm not saying I want to go back to see guys getting hit over the head with chairs, but it, you know that's part of the problem when you do that stuff for all those years and you got guys jumping off the top of cages. It's like seeing a dude execute a wrist lock doesn't exactly get you too excited, you know. <laughs> but it did. It did get no, me thinking. That... Um, 
you know, if if this corona thing goes on for a long time, which I think we both think it's going to, maybe we bring back a one-time only episode of the Squared Circle? Oh, my God. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure whether Brother Love would be up for it or not. I'm not sure how technically if we can get three people on at once, but... Um, you know, maybe maybe we go back, we review an old an old raw from the late nineties or something, kind of our, our old school format that we did at Whitewater together and I think it oh, could geez. I think it could be pretty funny. <laughs> the college radio show of reviewing wrestling Sque- that, that, that squeaky, we made so many promos off of. Squeaky voice Josh and Dan. Oh man. That was, and I thought about putting that in in my commentary because I like wrestling so much that that was the name of my my radio show when I started at the campus station at Whitewater, and it it turned from wrestling into just a mash of whatever, and then we just started calling people uh, on campus and doing random stuff. It, I mean, it was fun. We did a couple of live shows from the Mad Bowler, and. It was a, a lot of hilarity. Yeah, we would have to talk uh, technical stuff to see if we could get that done. Um, I'm sure there's a way, and I'm sure Brother Love would be able to. I don't know if he could get away from his kids. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, for, I don't want to speak for him, but um, it'd be you know we'd have to we'd have to prep a little bit. We'd have to uh, somehow yeah. watch an old raw episode that we could all you know whether it was on YouTube or whatever. And then, uh, or or even a pay per view, whatever, and and just kind of do our sure. old, our old school run through, and I think it would be pretty damn hilarious. Oh, I like that. That's good. All right, um, a couple of other notes: the British Open was canceled. Um, the Masters is looking at November. I know they just rescheduled the uh, the LPGA um, Championship to December in Houston. Um, I saw that headline, and we lost uh, lost a couple of athletes today one to the coronavirus uh tom dempsey but he had a host of other problems he was battling alzheimer's dementia he's in new orleans where a lot of people in the senior facility apparently have been hit with the coronavirus and then uh for baseball mr tiger yeah uh, also uh, has passed away yeah al kaline um three thousand hits 399 homers he was yeah i think he was on detroit for like 20 years so uh that, that sounds right. Yeah, that's that's a big loss for for their community, but um but yeah, it's this, you know, you hate to hear about anybody dying from from anything, but especially right now with this virus, I mean, sad to sad to hear about Dempsey. All right, let's uh let's get into our final uh, segment with a uh, addition of Overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Now you have compiled compiled a list of athletes. Yeah, I'll, that we are going. I I, I kind of oh. I, I as as I'm normal to do. I kind of overdid it, so I ended up coming up with way more names for each sport than I that we than we could reasonably put into one show. So if if All this right, is if, if, yeah, if this is any way successful, we can maybe do it again down the road. But um, okay. we're, this is just going to be football. And and I'm just okay. I'm just doing QBs, running backs, and wide receivers. And the gist of it is, sure. um, I'm going to give you some stats on them, and you know, just kind of tell me what you think if they're overrated, properly rated, underrated. You know, it's basically guys that have been that are retired that, uh, but we've all seen play 
that you know maybe um, they've been forgotten history a little bit, maybe because their numbers have been smashed or they didn't win Super Bowl titles or, or whatever the case may be. Okay. All right, so first guy, we'll start with the quarterbacks. Warren Moon, 49,000 passing yards, 11th all-time, third when he retired, 291 touchdowns, 14th all-time, fourth when he retired. Didn't come into the NFL until he was 28 years old because he was playing in Canada. And he just couldn't beat Denver or Buffalo in the playoffs. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. I think he was underrated. Um, I think just because, like, like you mentioned, there were so many good quarterbacks in that era, and I think he never ascended to the, the, the top level, but I think he was probably just as good as some of that crop, but his team just didn't have the wide amount of success that a lot of other teams did, so he was kind of the, the forgotten guy amongst that bunch. I, I always liked Warren Moon. And just to kind of put a stamp on my thought, the Houston Oilers are my go-to team on Tecmo Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's underrated. Um, you know, he was, an, he was a, one of the great deep ball throwers ever. Yes. He was running the run and shoot under uh, Buddy Ryan and, and I think maybe even Jerry Glanville. In Houston, um, never really had he had decent weapons, but he never really played with great players until he was like forty two when he joined the Vikings. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I I think Warren Moon is an underrated guy. I think if if you put another five years in his early twenties with NFL stats, he's probably going to be top five all time in in everything. I like that. That's a good one to open up with. All right. Next one. This guy, most people only know him as an announcer now, but Dan Fouts, 43,000 passing yards. He's 17th all-time, second when he retired, 254 touchdowns, which is 21st all-time, fourth when he retired. He lost back-to-back conference championships in 80 and 81. He's basically Phil Rivers and Matthew Stafford before Phil Rivers and Matthew Stafford. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Yeah, it's so tough because I never really watched the guy play, so I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, I mean, I know just on a lot of top underrated lists that I've come across, including one that I'm looking at from Bleacher Report right now, Faust is number one on that list. Um, he threw his fair share of interceptions, um, but apparently, I mean, that's one of the best guys that airing it out and racking up passing yards. Um, but I, I mean, for the, for lack of being, you know, for not being informed about this, I'm going to have to go properly rated, I guess. Yeah, I'm with you. Properly rated. The, the numbers were, were great for his time. Um, but not a lot of team success, um, you know, wasn't able to get over the hump, couldn't get his team to a Super Bowl. Um, and you know, nothing, the only thing that really particularly stands out about his entire tenure in San Diego is that, that playoff game they played in Cincinnati that was like negative a hundred, you know, like that's really it. That's uh, other than that. It was like, yeah, he threw for a bunch of yards. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, next Love one. It. Next one. This this is a good one. This is a fun one. Also known as QB Eagles, <laughs> Randall Cunningham. Okay, now this this is this gets a little interesting. Some of these guys are, are clear cut. Some of them are a little interesting. Randall Cunningham's got just under thirty thousand passing yards, which is forty eighth all time. He's got two hundred and seven passing touchdowns, which is forty second uh, all time. Forty nine hundred rushing yards, which is a hundred and forty seventh all time, but second most as a quarterback behind Mike Vick, and he has got. Sometimes with these guys that that don't win when they kind of fade into your memory, there's there's some there's a game or whatever that you kind of remember about somebody. There's that play at Buffalo that Randall Cunningham made. I know you remember it, where he's scrambling in his own end zone, and he gets away from like five dudes, and he throws it what seems like eighty yards in the air to a guy for like a ninety nine yard touchdown pass, and that play always just pops into my head when I think about Randall. And then people forget he was the quarterback of that 98 Viking team. Correct. Which is still maybe the best offensive other them and maybe the Rams the next year might be the two best offensive teams I've ever seen. So, overrated, underrated, properly rated for Randall. Um, I think probably just because of team success, I'll probably have to go properly rated. I mean, it's it's one of those things where he was always an impressive physical specimen who could pass. And as you mentioned, the running statistics were, were really good as well. But it was never one of those things where at least that I can remember from when I started watching football that he would drive fear into you if you had to play him. Right. Um, and even on the Vikings, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, he can hurt you. But it wasn't one of those things like you're playing Montana or young, or somebody like that, we're like, oh my god, this guy's coming to town. This, this is, this is going to be terrible. And he was never to that level for me. So I, I guess, I guess it would be properly rated for me. He was good, yeah, but he wasn't a world beater. I'm going to go slightly under just because he really didn't have any <laughs> offensive weapons. I mean, like Keith Byers was true. like his best guy. Um, Very true. You know, he's he's coached by Buddy Ryan, who really had no no nothing to do with anything on offense. There's no offense. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at Cunningham, go back and look from like '88 to '90, he was one of the probably three or four best quarterbacks in football. Then he got hurt, um, and then that Eagle defense kind of broke up. Reggie White left, and then uh, you know Cunningham kind of bounced around a little bit until he found the Vikings. But um, slightly underrated, just because. He was, and that's another guy that was ahead of his time. I mean, he's essentially like Lamar Jackson, but accurate. Oh, for sure. You know? Yep, absolutely. All right, next one. Jim Kelly. 35,000 passing yards, 27th all-time, 5th when he retired. 237 touchdowns, 28th all-time, 8th when he retired. Orchestrator of the K-Gun, which was kind of the... You know, really the first no-huddle offense most anybody was really running in the NFL. Four straight AFC titles, obviously four straight Super Bowl losses, and he also didn't come into the NFL until he was 26. Over, under, or proper? Oh, man. It's it's tough because I feel like he had so many more weapons at his disposal than a lot of people did. He always seemed to have a good wide out, one or two of them minimum. He had a good running back. 
Uh, he had a, a pretty good defense on the other side, but then when they got to the Super Bowl, they weren't that they weren't that up to the task. So, I mean, as much as I as much as I would you know hate to see what he's gone through personally and never get that ring, I'm going to say Kelly is. Is, is a little bit overrated. You think so? Okay. I, I, I think a little, I would say slightly underrated. And Under? okay. I, I, I don't think, I think because they lost four straight Super Bowls, I don't think anybody on that team gets the credit that they deserve. Um, I mean, to, 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 true, to go to four Super Bowls, to oh yeah, and to go to four in a row and, you know, like getting to that fourth one after you've lost three in a row. I mean, that's just mentally got to be so taxing. Um, But, yeah, you know, his numbers were were pretty good. You know, the the innovation of of their offense was, I think, something that was uh, a little bit forgotten. I think a lot of the credit goes to guys like Joe Montana and Bill Walsh with the West Coast. People kind of forget about, you know, Warren Moon with the run and shoot and Kelly with the K-gun. That was was pretty uh, radical stuff in the early 90s when those guys were running that. All right, last quarterback. The Blonde Bomber, Terry Bradshaw. 28,000 yards, 61st, 10th when he retired. 212 touchdowns, 36th, 9th when he retired. Um, Let's see, 13th playoff passing yards all time, 1st when he retired. Four titles, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he was not included on the NFL 100 team of greatest quarterbacks. Over, under, or proper? I think he gets a lot of the credit when people don't look uh, specifically at stats. They just look at the number of rings and, and the number of championships that he, that he had. Um, but again, not having watched a whole lot of that or, or dived into a lot of history. Um, the only when when I hear people talk about him, and I, it never seems like he gets any credit. People always talk about him as being overrated. Well, um, everybody when they talk about those teams, it's all about the defense, and then you talk about like yeah. Franco Harris. It's like Bradshaw's like the fourth or fifth guy you get to when you talk about the right. Steelers. Um, and yeah, because we didn't live through it, I don't. It's hard to weigh in too much on it. I, I think he's probably properly rated. I think the the four Super Bowl rings um, probably overinflates what you think of him, but he did win two Super Bowl MVPs, which is impressive. So, I don't know. I think he probably should have been on that top 100 list myself just by his accolades, but that's just me. I'm being beckoned by my kids. Yeah, well, that's fine. We, on the phone too long. we we can we can pick this up next week. I got I got more guys here to uh, to go through, and maybe we'll get into some other sports as well. But yeah, no, I like I like the segment for sure. I I I'd like to do some more. Um, so, so we yeah. Give me a heads up on the list next week, so I can uh, I can actually do some background, so I don't sound like somebody who's completely uninformed, like one of the many talk shows that are running four-hour shows on a daily basis. I know. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, well, we'll let you get back to dad duty. Um, you know, uh, glad uh, glad we can keep doing this, and and uh, I don't know, hopefully brighter days ahead, but we'll see. Yeah. 
we'll have to just, again, see what's out there. Hopefully that at least some news, little bits of news keep happening throughout the week and the, and the predictions and the prognostications and the light at the end of the tunnel gets a little bit brighter each week, each passing week. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, bud. Well, I will let you go and uh, fill your brackets out. Send them in. If you need yeah. uh, if you need help printing them off or whatever, contact me. We'll figure something out. But send that stuff back in. I want to see who everybody's champion is. I want to see how many Homer Badger picks there are. I'm sure there will. I'm sure there will be several. Tell you at least I can tell you at least two, and they both work for the Janesville Gazette. Oh Jesus. Well, well, some things will just never change. No, absolutely not. All right, bud. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Intentional Foul. I'm Dan. I'm Josh. And we'll catch you down the road. Stay safe. Go sports. Go sports.